This episode is brought to you by Hostfully. Using Hostfully, you can create a free digital guidebook for your listing so that you can save time creating a professional experience for every guest that comes and visits your spot. Learn more at hostfully.com. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Welcome to episode 279 of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today I have a very interesting guest on the show who's killing it with her business in Puerto Rico. Her name is Alma Bear and she is the founder but also chief joy officer of Paradise Villas and Vacations in Puerto Rico. Alma, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to speak to you. I have a lot of questions I would love to ask you about your business, how you've managed to grow your business and all sorts of other things related to hosting on Airbnb and maybe other platforms as well. So Alma, could you give us a short introduction about your business and how you got started with it? Sure. So I love to travel and my husband and I came on vacation to Puerto Rico probably 16 years ago. And we stayed in a beautiful area called Dorado Beach. And we were so amazed by the location, the culture, the friendliness of the people, the landscapes. And we decided to bring our kids back on the next vacation. So we brought the kids. The kids loved it. And we decided at that point, well, maybe we should look around for renting a place long term so that we'd have a place to come to when we go on vacations. It didn't occur to us at the time that there was a model where we could rent short term when we wanted to come. It was like, okay, we'll just buy a place or we'll rent a place. And we started out by renting a beautiful villa in the area and stayed there for about two years on and off. My family would just come with backpacks from the Northeast. It's a very, very short, easy flight, like three hours and 15 minutes, direct flight. And we came there and after two years, the owner said to us, you know what, guys, I'm sorry, but I'm selling the place now, so you're not going to be able to stay here anymore. And then my husband and I decided, great, time to buy the place. So we bought it and we continued coming on vacation, but we had a lot of empty downtime in between. The kids were at school. We weren't using the villa as much as possible. And so we started donating it to various local charities in our community, whether it was the Autism Society or the Baseball League or the schools. And we had a, a mission where at least six weeks of the year, we would donate the villa to charity. So people started staying there. And then we started getting calls. Can we rent your villa? Outside of these live auctions where we were raising money for these wonderful causes. And Honestly, the business grew organically from there. My villa started renting out 85% of the time. And then my neighbors started seeing what I was doing. And my neighbors approached me and started asking whether I could manage their villas. And within the last 12 years, I've grown from one villa to over 50 villas in the area of Dorado Beach, pretty much just organically through word of mouth. Wow, that's pretty uh, significant growth. 
especially because you said it was all organically. Like what then my next question was going to be, how do you find new vidas? How do you grow your business essentially? And so you're saying it's, it's all been organically. Right. So what's happened is it was started out with my neighbors in my own community. So within my own community where we own our villa, we have managed about 20 villas just in our community. And then those folks, because of the culture in Puerto Rico, it's just a, everybody knows everybody. And so when their friends heard about what we were doing for them, they actually reached out to me and said, well, we have a friend, they have a, a villa in the Dorado Beach Resort at the Ritz Reserve next door. It's a four bedroom villa. It's a huge luxury villa. Do you think you want to manage that? I'm like, yes, absolutely. I do want to manage that. We set up a meeting right away with the owner and we onboard their villa. And then those people in that new community start talking with their neighbors and they start recommending us. And that's what I mean by grown organically. I have actually not gone out and solicited blindly or marketed to acquire additional owners. They've all come to me. That's amazing. That really helps. <laughs> yeah, that does. And it feels great. And one of the things that's super satisfying to me, especially after the island went through Hurricane Maria, was that in many cases, and especially in my community, these same owners that I've been working with for a few years would have been in a position where if they did not have these short-term rentals, they would have had to sell their homes and do short sales with the banks. But because we are able to offer them stable income, they're able to pay their HOA fees and their mortgages and their maintenance expenses. And they're grateful. They're super grateful. And it's so satisfying to be in a position where you can help in that way as well. And do you offer the owners of the villas a fixed amount of money that you pay them per month? Or do you take a percentage in management fee? For the most part, it's a percentage management fee. But I have experimented with the model where we provide a fixed income and then we take the upside. And both have worked. Some owners are open to that. Some are not. Some of my owners don't use their villas at all. So the fixed amount works very well. But a lot of my owners, these are their second homes, their vacation homes, and they will use them a weekend a month or a few weeks a month. And it's unpredictable. So that doesn't really work for them. I pretty much customize that aspect based on the needs of the owners. Totally, totally. I can see that. What have been the main challenges? Because it, it, it almost sounds like your business, you didn't intend it to be this big. You literally started with one villa and then it grew organically. But I'm sure as you grew from one to 50, I'm sure there was that you bumped into a number of challenges. Yes, absolutely. So I think scaling the reservation management system from one villa to 50 has been challenging. A lot of the information is in my head and believe it or not, and most people are shocked by this, I do not have a PMS. I do not work with any software at all. I do not use any off-the-shelf software components, not for pricing, not for reservations. I only use Excel spreadsheets and Google Docs. So one of the biggest challenges for me is getting my Google Docs to talk with each other and 
automatically update and populate every single time I get a new reservation across the sheets. So that's a challenging puzzle, and I have not been able to solve that yet. And I have tried a couple of software packages, or I've at least looked at them, and I haven't been able to tailor them to my business without a lot of workarounds. And when I find that the workarounds are more work than the way I'm doing things right now, I tend to stay with what I'm doing. So that's been one huge challenge for me, the reservation management system. And the second challenge has been working with the owners, actually. I, I'm not sure I'm prioritizing it right, but working with the owners has been challenging again because many of these owners are not as familiar with how short-term vacation rentals can be professionally managed. So let's say, for example, I have a booking that came through and someone's coming to stay for a week and I get a call from one of my owners and they say to me, Aunt Maria is coming next week to my villa on these dates, so my villa isn't available for the dates that you booked. And then I have to explain to them that the villa is actually booked and it's committed and some of them don't care. And so that's a challenge. It's an educational challenge for me. I've made a lot of headway on it, but family comes first in Puerto Rico. And so if they have a family event or they have a friend that's in need of a place to stay, that's their priority. So the good news with that is because now I manage so many villas, if that happens, if and when that happens, I always upgrade my guests to the next level villa. So the guests are initially not happy, very upset, but then when I tell them that for the same amount, they're gonna be getting an even better villa, then they understand and they accept that situation. I try so hard to avoid that, but it has been challenging. So working with certain owners, certain owners are more difficult than others. And when you own your own villas and invest in your own villas, obviously you have a lot more freedom and flexibility. But when you're working with different personalities, it can be very challenging. Yeah, I get that. Uh, I was actually just talking with a manager in Bali, Keys to Bali is his website. He's been on the podcast before, and we were chatting about this exact same topic. Like, how do you deal with owners who will have their friends and family members stay at the villa and they don't announce it in time? And also, you know, you're losing revenue if you're taking a percentage. So how have you been able to improve on that point? Like, what do you do different now than when you started out and first ran into this challenge? Well, one of the things that I do is I have a contract with the owners when we onboard the villa. And again, the contract has evolved to include every scenario that I've encountered with owners. So it's very, very clearly stated that if there is a booking and the owner decides to cancel the booking for whatever reason, there's a significant penalty that the owner has to pay. And so that has been working very well as a deterrent. The other aspect that you mentioned where owners bring in friends or family and I lose the percentage, I understand that, especially if it's family that they're bringing in, that this is their villa. This is their second home. And I'm not that concerned about you know, losing a week here or there. I like my business model to be friendly 
and understanding and empathetic to different realities, both to my owners and to my guests. So I don't want to create a business model that is so strict that it makes people feel uncomfortable. This is their home. They are sharing it. And of course, they should be using it when they want to use it. I haven't run into a situation where that's extreme. The other side is that when owners do invite their friends, there's a friends and family discount, but I still get my percentage from that family and friends discount. And it's more comfortable for the owners because they don't want to manage the day-to-day interaction with their friends around the villa or the pricing negotiations or the payment. So we handle all of that for them at a discounted rate, which they determine, which is fine by me again. And that's how we handle that. That's a great way to handle that. Going back to your other point about the reservation management system. So I'm curious if you're listing on multiple platforms. Well, first of all, let me ask you, are you listing on multiple platforms? Yes, I am. Because I noticed you have a very cool website, paradisevillapr.com. Now, I'm assuming you you were listing on Airbnb and you're probably listing on, well, I know you're listing on HomeAway, but maybe also some other platforms? Right. So I've listed on um, Flipkey. I have one listing on Booking.com. I'm experimenting with other channels as well. Again, Booking.com is a little bit challenging because their model is that you have to do instant booking. And with my population, I can only have maybe... I don't know, 15 villas that I could list instantly that I'm confident that the owners would honor those listings. And that's key for me. So I have been listing on multiple channels and I know where you're going with this question. So when I get a booking on Airbnb, I will immediately go into HomeAway and all the other calendars and update manually that those dates have been booked. And so what if you're asleep and you get an instant booking on Airbnb because you won't be, you won't be able to block the other calendars until you wake up, right? That is correct. Okay. So one, it's actually never happened that, that that has happened so quickly for me, that the booking has happened. One booking has happened and then it happens on another platform. It actually has never happened. If that happens, I would probably, again, upgrade them to a similar or better villa, offer that to them and give them the opportunity to cancel if needed. But that has not happened. The other answer to that, which I think you'll be fascinated by, is that I recently, just several months ago, engaged a remote support executive assistant in the Philippines. So the hours that she works are contrary to mine and they overlap a little bit, but if there's a booking that she picks up on any of these websites, then she will block the calendars automatically. We actually created a very concise step-by-step process, reservation management process in writing as to what to do for every single scenario. And it's well-documented and she's well-trained and she's been fantastic. Um, I've really enjoyed working with her and this system of having a human being as my reservation management system has been the best decision so far I've made in my business. 
I have been a super host on Airbnb multiple quarters, including the current quarter. We are currently super hosts. I think we have 90% five-star reviews on all of our villas. And our response rate is 100%. And we have zero cancellations. So we are super hosts. And it is incredibly challenging to be super hosts with 50 villas because it only takes one situation that can topple the entire pyramid. So we work extremely hard and extremely carefully to make sure that our, not, that our guests are not only satisfied with their experience, but they're absolutely delighted with their experience. And some of the ways that we do that is above and beyond real estate, really. It's truly about the experience. And that is why some of the third-party platforms that I work with have um, visions and missions that are very much aligned with my business, where they put the emphasis on the experience. And I've been putting that emphasis on the experience from the day I started. Because for me, it's all about connecting the guest with their desires, their wishes, what has worked well for them in other vacations, to the reality of what Puerto Rico has to offer, and customizing it to the extent that the guests are interested in customizing it. And I think because of that, and because people really feel, because it's genuine, that we care about their experience, we get these great results and these great reviews. So it's not only about, did we have to shift them to a different villa because there was an unforeseen situation, either due to an owner cancellation or some maintenance issue in the villa. It's really more about them knowing that we care, that they're coming to a place and they are going to be treated well and they're going to get the most they possibly can out of that experience. Let's talk about dependency on the platforms versus having your own website. Now, I know you have your own website, paradisevillaspr.com, for those who want to check it out. Are you actively managing or actively using marketing tools to promote your own website versus the OTAs? Or do you just have the website, but you're not really marketing it, you're not really promoting it? So one thing I will say for the benefit of your listeners, that the shortcut to our website is actually www.vivadorado.com. Viva like, V like vacations, I, V like villas, A, dorado.com. Vivadorado.com. That's a shortcut URL to get you to our website, Paradise Villas and Vacations. So to answer the specific question, we do both. We work through third parties and we do some direct marketing. And I think that under the umbrella of challenges, I would also put down the direct marketing and the dependency on the third party channels. I would, as a goal, like to grow beyond the amount that we are dependent on the third parties. We are getting a tremendous amount of repeat guests and we are getting a tremendous amount of word of mouth from the repeat guests and referrals, which is fantastic. We have a database of close to 8,000 guests that have inquired through the years about our villas or stayed at our villas, and we market to that database. And we do at least monthly newsletters 
to this database with information about events on the island, activities, interesting information, and of course, when we onboard a new villa, we introduce the new arrival, the new baby, into the portfolio. Then people can see some of the new and interesting villas that we've gotten and the new locations. And so we do do some direct marketing. I really think that that's an area that I would like to put more attention into. And I'm looking forward to working with other vacation rental managers to uh, pick their brains on what works for them in terms of social media and direct marketing so I can learn from them and do that a lot better and reduce my dependency on the third-party channels. Okay, so that's something that you would want to learn about. Well, you, you are going to have a good opportunity pretty soon to ask some other people how they're doing that. Absolutely, and I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> so uh, Alma is actually one of the participants of uh, STR Legends Live, which uh, is the mastermind event that me and Eric are organizing in Puerto Rico that you've probably heard about because we've been trying really hard to uh, get a really amazing group of uh, operators together, which is going really well. But we still do have a few seats left. So if you're interested, just shoot me a message at jasper at But yeah, like uh, I'm very excited. And you're actually in Puerto Rico for your, so for you, it's uh, fairly easy to attend the event. You don't have to actually fly anywhere. Um, I will be, I will be in Puerto Rico at that time. I have to let you know that I travel back and forth to Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is not my main residence. I have a residence in Colorado and that is where my office operates from, but I have a whole ground team of service providers in Puerto Rico and I shuttle back and forth. And like you, I love to travel. So I travel the world and in between, I stop in Puerto Rico, stop in Colorado. This month I'm in Israel, next month I'm going to be in Italy. So I am very excited about the kind of lifestyle that this business affords me. And that brings up another interesting question. So you're kind of managing your business remotely. Yes. So that's very interesting because I can imagine that must raise a few challenges as well, right? How do you find qualified staff? How do you keep your staff happy? And how do you make sure that your members do the jobs that they are assigned to? So I think maybe the answer is I have gotten super, super lucky. I met some outstanding hospitality professionals in Puerto Rico about five years ago, and we have been working together in partnership for the last five years. So that person, that gentleman, his name is Alex, handles our guest services, including the cleaning, the maintenance, for the owners. He's bilingual in Spanish, which sadly I am not, and I'm working on it. And he is a powerhouse. He's fantastic. He has hired tremendous resources. He's very networked locally. So he has a whole staff of AC maintenance people, plumbers, electricians, and cleaning staff, and they are on it. We get a call from a guest and he responds within hours. He has his cell phone on 24-7, and that is part of what differentiates us from many of our competition in Puerto Rico, where they'll work sort of the nine to five hours, and then there's nobody to talk with. 
guests have my cell phone number, guests have Alex's cell phone number, and we either one of us can be reached at any time. That's part of how we want to operate. Very cool, very cool. It's a situation that you, you say uh, that you're lucky and I can totally understand that because that's how I always felt when I started back in 2012 when uh, my cleaning lady uh, was, I upgraded her to manager of my apartment and she's always done an excellent job and I've never had to worry about anything because she would essentially just solve any issue that come up. And I don't think it's possible to sort of develop a strategy to find that person in, in some way you just have to you kind of have to be get lucky right did you, did you know somebody like that right and i was introduced to him by another connection in puerto rico and we just clicked and it's been wonderful since then but i've also had before i met alex i had a situation where i hired someone who I found out was stealing things from villas and so on. So there's the flip side to it. You know, there are the horror stories and there are the great stories and everything in between. So that's smooth sailing from the beginning. No, no. <laughs> okay, very cool. Sweet. Let's see. Is there anything that you want to share with the audience that we haven't covered yet as we're nearing the end of this episode? I think a couple of things. I think that we vacation rental managers have an opportunity to provide our customers with experiences that are beyond just the real estate and the stay. And I touched upon that before, but one of the things that is a goal for me for the next coming years is to expand our offerings in related activities. When people come to the island, I interview them very carefully as to what they'd like to do, what they've liked in the past. And sometimes people just want to come to one of the resorts, sit at the resort, and they could be anywhere in the world and just sit on the beach, enjoy the restaurants, not even go outside the bubble, and they are happy as can be. And that is perfectly fine. And then there are other guests that come to me and say, we want to do extreme adventures. We want information about food tours in San Juan. We would like to talk with an expert on cheese making on the island or coffee plantations. What I'd like to do and what I think we have an opportunity to do, and in some ways even like an obligation to me, is to become local experts. So when people come, they rely on us to be able to provide them with the kind of experiences that are going to make or break their vacation. So that is another goal for me, to really tour the island as a local, so to speak, and get to know every corner so that when people come on the spot, I can say to them, you know what? This is going to be awesome for you. Your family's going to love this. You should really do this. Whether it's the bioluminescent bay whether it's the rainforest, whether it's hiking around waterfalls, whether it is kite surfing, I want to be able to match up their expectations with the reality of their vacation. So I'm passionate about that. That's a direction I really want to take in my business. And that's also led me to create a stronger contact with the destination management organization within Puerto Rico. 
this is a new organization that was just created a year ago, which is called Discover Puerto Rico. And before a year ago, this was pretty much in the hands of different agencies that were very much controlled by the government. And now this is a semi-independent agency that was created so that there's a consistent messaging throughout the years. And not every four years after elections, there's a new message, there's a new brand, there's a new look. Discover Puerto Rico now is creating a whole new set of messaging to market Puerto Rico as the destination. So one of the things that I would advise to vacation rental managers, if they haven't done so already, is to explore which organizations in their local areas are working to market that destination and see what they're doing, learn what they're doing, become involved with that organization and see how you can help each other. I think there's a lot of value to that. I recently was brought on board to the Discover Puerto Rico Marketing and Sales Committee and I'm attending their meetings. And we're also putting together a presentation, which I hope is going to happen in New Orleans in the Vacation Rental Management Association Fall Conference. It's an international conference that's held every year. We put together a proposal to talk about how vacation rental management companies and destination management organizations can help each other and use best practices to enhance what they're doing and their goals and missions. And I really believe that that's a great frontier to explore for folks like us that manage anywhere between 25 and 100 properties to look at these destination management organizations because they provide not only fantastic analytics about the marketplace, but they have access to public relations and media outlets and social media that smaller operators don't have. And they're not your competitors. They are your partners. And there are great ways to work together. What a great way to end this episode. And I have to say, I'm, I'm super excited to meet you in, in Puerto Rico at the event at the end of June. Because uh, if you have 50 listings on Airbnb and you manage everything from an Excel sheet and you still manage to get 90% five-star reviews, uh, and maintain your super host status, then you must be an extraordinary gifted person because I, I can only imagine how difficult that must be. So just a lot of uh, admiration for what you're doing. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and providing all this, uh, all this great value to, to the audience. I really appreciate it. And yeah, excited to see you in Puerto Rico. Thank you so much. And I'm really excited about seeing you and Eric as well and joining this incredible event that you've put together. And I hope to meet a lot of other vacation rental management companies in Puerto Rico and have the opportunity to share my passion for Puerto Rico with them as well. Before I let you go, I wanted to share something of a personal nature. On Sunday, May 26th, I am going to embark on a journey from Paris to Monaco. It's 600 miles, and I'm going to do this by on bike, on the, on the bicycle. Yes, that's right. Uh, it's 100 miles a day, uh, six days. And so I'm doing this with a group of friends, and I wanted to share the story behind this because we're doing this to raise money for prostate cancer research. And I wanted to share the story. So a friend of mine lost his dad to prostate cancer. And his dad always talked about how he wanted to cycle in France, but he wasn't able to do that because 
the prostate cancer took away his life. And so my friend started an organization called Prostate 1000. And the organization was founded to raise awareness about this disease and to raise money for the research that aims to essentially enable doctors to, and researchers to come up with a treatment that will prevent people from dying from this disease. And so he's been organizing these bike rides for almost 10 years now. And so he asked me if I wanted to join and uh, I decided to say yes. Now I've never, I'd never been on a road bike before in my life. Uh, so, you know, I decided about two months ago to join. And so I uh, bought a bicycle and I've been training on the bike here in Barcelona for a while now, but I don't know if it's possible to be ready for a six day, 600 miles ride. Apparently uh, what the pros have been telling me is that uh, you can train as much as you want, but it's gonna be, uh, you're gonna be sore after two or three days, no matter what. So it's probably gonna be a little bit of uh, a challenge and definitely some suffering involved. But at the same time, it's also a really cool challenge for me to do this tour. And it's gonna be beautiful as well, like uh, basically traversing uh, half of uh, France at the end of May, the weather should be pretty good. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to, to do this. But I wanted to share also that people can donate. Obviously, we're doing this to, uh, to raise money for prostate cancer. And so if this is something that uh, you think is a good cause, then you can go to prostate1000.org. You see all the riders, and one of the riders is me. And uh, if you want to donate some money for the research, then you can do so on the website as well. You just click on uh, my picture, my name, and then there'll be a link where you can donate. Now all donations go straight to cancer research organizations. Uh, we actually pay the entire race out of our pockets. We pay for our own equipment, the hotels, the transportation, food, everything is paid for by us and by a number of sponsors. So every single dollar that you donate is going directly to the cancer research institutions. So I just wanted to mention this. This is it's going to be a a really interesting week for me. I don't know if I'm going to survive and how I'm going to survive. I'll probably survive. The question is how. But I would really appreciate anybody who wants to donate. I'll do whatever I can to help you. If you do decide to donate, uh, just send me an email at jesper at getpaidforyourpet.com and whatever it is that you want. If you want me to take a look at your listing or share your listing on Instagram, if you're on Instagram or share your, your listing on uh, through my social media channels, uh, I'll be more than happy to do that. So that's the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And next week, there's another episode. I've already recorded it because I can't record while I'm on the bike. But uh, also, if, you, if you're interested in uh, following us while we're doing this bike ride on uh, prostate1000.org, you can also track us. Uh, it's actually kind of a cool website. It has a lot of information, and, and you can literally see the entire route. And you can also, during the race, you can follow us. Uh, I'll be posting lots of uh, updates also on Instagram. You can follow me there at jesper.rivers and also on Facebook and everything. I'll share a lot. So anyway, that's it for today. So thank you for listening and until next time. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.